Lose something, bra? Special Agent Utah. I knew I could count on you. I've been to every city in Mexico. Came across an unclaimed piece of meat in Baja. Turned out to be Rosie. Guess you picked a knife fight with somebody better. Found a passport of yours in Sumatra. Missed you by about a week in Fiji. You gotta go down. You crossed the line and people trusted you and they died. Yeah, it went bad. Went real bad. Life sure has a sick sense of humor, doesn't it? Come on, buddy. It's time to go. Now you gotta go back with me. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. <laughs> No! No! I told them you go quietly. No! You know there's no way I can handle a cage, man. I don't care. You gotta go down. It's gotta be that way. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, Point Break, the original with uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Because you know what? After seeing the Inspector General's report and everything that's in it, there's and depending on where you where you watch on TV, is a variety of different different uh, spins you're seeing on it. But you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll tell you that uh, as Don and I watch it, we're sitting there to go, hey, someone has to go down for this. Something, it's time, someone's got to go down, say, that's the way it's got to be. And I say, you know what, that sounds like a scene from Point Break. And of course, then we uh, open, had that little piece of music from uh, Styx's new album, The Mission, that's called Gone, 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 because I'm hoping that's where Hillary Clinton's going to be, as well as Peter Strzok, as well as... Uh, uh, James Comey and Loretta Lynch and when it gets all the way down to it maybe even the former president who knows I'm I'm not being too optimistic on uh, how many people are going to be in jail but somebody needs to pay for the injustice that's gone on we'll talk about that more probably closer to the second uh, second half today <clears throat> but first let's get on we'll go chronologically with all the all the exciting stuff that's gone on this week and uh, but first, before I do, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California. Offices all over the place, lending in California and Arizona, as well as uh, hopefully uh, shortly we'll be in Nevada and maybe another couple other states. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities out there, all you got to do is have your hook in the water. Some of them are in your own house. And you go, hmm, I wonder what he means by that. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, and I'll tell you. That's nine. That's eight, area code 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk to me on the phone, but you do want to get some information, you can go to WCCLoans.com. That's www.wccloans.com. Uh, you get all kinds of mortgage information on there and you can, uh, click on, uh, 
loan center and click on apply now and put in as much information as you want. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, or Aaron Fredericks, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you're refinancing, whether you're financing a new house, you're financing a new house to live in, a new house for a vacation home, retirement home, uh, an investment property, or if you're trying to just get your kids to move out of your house finally. Hey, you're 42 years old. Isn't it about time you got out of here? Yeah, but where do I go, Dad? Rents are so high. Okay, buy a house for them. <clears throat> or buy a house for them to rent, or uh, co-sign for them, or just scoot their butts into my office, and I'll help them buy a house. Um, let's see here where I leave off. Anything you want replayed, you can uh, get the uh, you can hear this um, this show as well as several past shows replayed by going to edhoffman.net, e-d-h-o-f-f-m-a-n.net, and uh, go on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as well as several past shows. Have them download, and you could uh, download them and have them uh, and play them on demand. Can also get the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. Have them uh, download to your device, your uh, your phone, your computer, your uh, iPad, your iWatch, your uh, mini pad, your maxi pad, anything you can listen to uh, to podcasts on, and uh, do that anytime you want as well. Uh, follow the main event on uh, on uh, Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Or, and follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Uh, if you want to leave some comments on the show, the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. Whether it's good or bad, you got something to say. You got something to say? Call me, 855-640-2092 and say it. And uh, then we'll see about putting you on the air. Okay, uh, let's talk about what happened this week. It started out this week uh, with the uh, with the G7 summit, formerly the G8 summit. So the G7 summit annual meeting consisting of Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, United Kingdom, and the United States. Um, basically talking about economic strategy. The meeting was expected to be tense after Trump's decision to impose steel and aluminum tariffs on Canada, Mexico, and the European Union. But in their discussion, the president also proposed a totally free environment in which no tariffs were uh, imposed at all. Which, you know what, I, I, got, a, I got a text from my, uh, my sister. Say, I, I, my sister, the Democrat in Pennsylvania, um, as Trump finished his uh, summit in in North Korea. And for those who didn't see it, I'm going to go over that in just a few minutes. But I thought it was completely, completely my president there doing exactly what he should be doing. And he was actually being very presidential, even in, even in the, even for the never Trumper should have been, uh, should have been happy with the way he conducted himself. Thought it was awesome. So I sent a text to my sister, say, have you changed your opinion about our, our uh, no foreign policy, uh, experienced president. She goes, well, so far it's been handshakes and smiles, but he embarrassed himself with our, with our uh, friends at the G seven saying embarrassed herself. Since when is, is free trade fair, fair trade embarrassing. And I, I, I and I, I sent back and said, you know what, if he came up with a cure for cancer, you would bitch about him having a scuff on his shoes. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, sometimes some people can't be, can't be helped. So, uh, so neither of these things, the tariffs 
the tariffs, the free trade, none of the, none of these things went over well with the other nations, which is why you see the photo all week of uh, uh, Angela Merkel and the other uh, world leaders surrounding Trump. I thought they just all were in line to get autographs. I don't know. Uh, but he's sitting at a table, and they're all kind of kind of standing around, kind of looking a little like they're in his face. Here's President Trump on the G7 negotiations. The relationship that I've had with uh, the people the leaders of these countries has been, I would really rate it on a scale of zero to 10, I would rate it a 10. That doesn't mean I agree with what they're doing, and they know very well that I don't. So we're negotiating very hard tariffs and barriers. As an example, the European Union is brutal to the United States. They don't take, and they understand that, they know it. They, When I'm telling them, they're smiling at me you know it's like the the gig is up it's like the gig is up they're not trying to there's nothing they can say they can't believe they got away with it yep they're going at hey you know what we're uh hey as long as you guys are stupid enough to let us get away with this stuff we're just gonna keep doing it and uh kind of reminds you know now now trump comes into the scene and he's saying hey 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 Maybe Obama, maybe Bush, maybe Clinton, maybe they weren't smart enough businessmen to see what's going on. Maybe they weren't smart enough to pay attention to all those things that that, uh, Ross Perot was telling us in 1992 when he was running against uh, Bush the senior and uh, and, uh, uh, slick Willie uh, uh, Bill Clinton. Um, But... Maybe, uh, maybe you know. I, now that Trump's in there, he's saying, "Hey, this is what's going on." You got to be kidding me! Reminds me of a little scene from the movie Tommy Boy. Well, kid, you threw one by me. Savor the flavor because it sure as hell won't happen again. Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking uh, that's uh, that's Trump saying that. You know, hey, savor the flavor. It won't it won't be happening again? President Trump left the G7 summit early to head to Singapore for the summit with Kim Jong Un of North Korea. Minutes after Trump left, Canadian Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau, which looks like he's uh, just got out of high school, apparently he's 46, but he looks like a young, wet-behind-the-ears kid, uh, he held a press conference to make this announcement and just, I think, to make himself not look like a wimp to his own people. I highlighted directly to the president uh, that um, Canadians um, did not take it lightly. Uh, that the United States has moved forward with significant tariffs on our steel and aluminum industry, particularly did not take lightly the fact that it's based on a national security uh, reason that um, for Canadians who either themselves or whose parents or community members have stood shoulder to shoulder with American soldiers in far off lands and conflicts um, from the First World War onwards, um, that it's kind of insulting. And I highlighted that it was not helping in our uh, renegotiation of NAFTA, and that it would be with regret, but it would be with absolute certainty and firmness that we move forward with retaliatory measures on July 1st, applying equivalent tariffs to the ones that the Americans have uh, unjustly applied to us. Well, I, I, I just, I just don't know what to say. He's so eloquent in that little distraction, little diversion. Hey, well, let's not talk about the fact that we're that we uh, charge you guys a bunch of tariffs. Let's talk about national security. We are insulted. 
that you're saying this is for national security. Well, maybe it's because uh, we don't want to buy uh, steel from China. So China just sell, we'll just ship their uh, their crappy steel over to Canada and Canada will sell to us. And uh, maybe that's uh, one of the reasons. And maybe one of the reasons is we want to have enough steel in our place. So we're going to keep our own steel. We want to have the highest quality steel to build our, uh, our warplanes with. Uh, I don't know. For whatever reason, it's all related to whether it's economics or or uh, or national security, whatever it is. Hey, fair is fair. Call it whatever you want. Try to make yourself not look stupid by by calling it a uh, calling it. Um, well, we're insulted because we fought with you guys. Hey, he didn't say we weren't friends. Just say, hey, let's be fair. You want to take all the tariffs off? We'll take all all tariffs off. But we take our tariffs off. You take your tariffs off. I don't know if anybody thinks that we need Canada as uh, more than they need us because I think I don't know what we buy from Canada that we don't get ourselves. Well, we we get all our maple syrup from Canada. Yeah, I think we get it from uh, Vermont too. So hey, let's put the Vermont guys on overtime and we don't have to buy Canadian uh, maple syrup. Uh, what else do we get from Canada? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, steel that they get from China. Um, I bet you we can produce that ourselves, but that's just me. I could be wrong. Uh, in Singapore, the president held a press conference uh, where he was asked about Trudeau's announcement, and he said, When I got onto the plane, I think that Justin probably didn't know that Air Force One has about 20 televisions. And I see the television, and he's giving a news conference about how he will not be pushed around by the United States. And I say, push him around. We just shook hands. It was very friendly. It's going to cost a lot of money for the people of Canada. He learned. You can't do that. Yeah, and uh, Friday morning, Friday morning, uh, Trump did a, a little interview with uh, Peter, uh, with uh, Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends. And uh, after the after that interview, there was an impromptu uh, a gang ganging up on uh, Trump as he walked back into the White House. And uh, they were asking about it. And he asked, they asked him about a whole bunch of stuff. But Trump made a controversial comment at the G7 saying that uh, he thought Russia should be there because Russia is a big enough economic influence there. But Russia was kicked out of the G7, uh, the G8, made it a G7 because of uh, their taking of Crimea uh, with force a few years back, I don't know, three years ago. And, uh, and so Trump made a comment on that. Uh, President Obama lost Crimea, just so you understand. This was long before I got there. Just I want to make it so the fake news prints it properly. President Obama lost Crimea. So it's his fault. Wait, wait. Yeah, it's his fault. Yeah, yeah. It's his fault. Yeah, it's his fault. President, just so you understand, because, because Putin didn't respect President Obama. President Obama lost Crimea because President Putin didn't respect President Obama, didn't respect our country, and didn't respect Ukraine. But President Obama, not Trump, when it's my fault, I'll tell you, but President Obama gave away that. Now, President Obama, by not going across the red line in the sand that he drew, I went across it with the 59 missile hits. But President Obama, when he didn't go across the red line, what he gave away, nobody even knows. But just to put it one more time, President Obama gave away Crimea. That should have never happened. So uh, what he's to kind of paraphrase what he said. Hey, he drew a line in the sand with uh, with Syria and said if they use, you know, we're not going to get involved in their in their war. But 
if they use chemical weapons on their people, then we're going to step in. And then uh, Bashar al-Assad used chemical weapons on his people, and he did nothing. And which told the rest of the world, hey, you can, they can draw a line in the sand, but Obama's got no spine to stand up to anything he says. Now we got a new sheriff in town, and he's, uh, and he may be a little bit unconventional un, uh, what we're used to in, in the in the White House. But guess what? He's getting stuff done, and Dad Gummit <clears throat> makes you feel proud. Um, the long-awaited meeting between President Trump and North Korean dictator Kim Jong Un, otherwise known as the summit in Singapore, took place on Tuesday. For those of us in the United States, it was Monday night, but it was Tuesday afternoon in uh, Singapore. There were photo ops, but there was also uh, a working lunch with teams on both sides, including Secretary of State Mike Pompeo National Se- and National Security Advisor John Bolton, followed by a historic closed-door meeting with just the two world leaders and their translators. Um, I thought this is pretty much what you have to do. And a lot of people are... are, uh, are um, criticizing him because hey this little podunk nation now you know they they're always trying to get everybody's attention and we don't ever give them attention because they're not worth it well they got a nuclear bomb now so now they got a nuclear bomb that can hit south korea that can hit, hit guam and supposedly they have a missile that can hit the united states in the mainland and if that's the case you have two choices you go to war or you at least start talking because these people i think i think these people are starving to death and Doing the nuclear idea is a way to get attention, and they got some attention, and it's a good thing somebody paid attention. Um, they uh, they did a uh, they did this uh, agreement, which people were criticizing. Hey, you know, you didn't get any of this details. Hey, they met for a couple hours. Okay, this this kind of a, a treaty uh, is going to be gone through Congress, and it's and it's not going to be handled in an hour. I mean, this is a big a big deal. It's not going to happen in one hour. This was a initial meeting. To lay the groundwork, uh, President Trump and Kim Jong-un comp- conducted a, a, compressive in, a comprehensive, in-depth, and, and sincere exchange of opinions on issues related to the establishment of the new United States DPRK, that's a Democratic, uh, oh, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, um, relations and building of a lasting and robust peace regime on the Korean Peninsula. President Trump co- committed to providing security guarantees to the DPRK, and Chairman Kim Jong Un reaffirmed his reaffirmed his firm and unwavering commitment to complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Let me think. He spent all those years getting nuclear bombs. He spent the last year and a half shooting them off to show everybody uh, that he had them, and now now that he's got Trump's attention. Okay, I got your attention. That's all I need. I'm ready to take them down. Uh, there's more to it, but we'll uh, we'll we'll continue. We'll continue. Um, the basic the basics of the agreement had four four different uh, four different um, bullet points. Number one, United States and the DPRK commit to establish the new U.S. DPRK relations in accordance with the desire of the peoples of the two countries for peace and prosperity. Okay, hey we're, hey we want to all want to be we all want to be peaceful. We're gonna we're going to work on this together. United States and the DPRK will join their efforts to build a lasting and stable peace regime on the Korean Peninsula. All right, we're going to try and uh, keep uh, South Korea and North Korea together, and we're going to help build that. Reaffirming the April 27, 2018 Pan Majom Declaration, which I don't know what Pan Majom uh, uh, means, but uh, the DPRK commits to work toward complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. And four, the United States and DPRK commit to recovering POW, MIA remains, including the immediate uh, repatriation of all those 
previously identified. So realize we had the Korean War going on there in the 50s, and it's never been officially over. It stopped. There's a ceasefire, but it's never been officially over. And, hey, here's some groundwork of what we're going to put together. You know who's going to put the rest of this together? Uh, John Bolton and uh, Mike Pompeo and the Korean people, and they're going to do their thing. And uh, notice the agreement says nothing about the United States pulling our military out of South Korea, which is one of the things we knew Kim Jong-un would want. And yet reporters were determined to find out if President made his uh, promise secretly. Here's some of the press. And let me, let me say this before I play this. For those of you that could sleep Monday night, you may not have seen this live, but I was, uh, I was uh, having a touch of insomnia, and I was watching it, watching it in bed, and I'm just saying... This was this. I thought Trump hit it out of the park with this press conference. Um, let's play some pieces of it. Can you be specific about what assurances you are willing to give to Kim Jong Un? Does that include reducing military capabilities? And just to follow no. up on your answer, no, we're not reducing anything. We're not reducing. At some point, I have to be honest, and I used to say this during my campaign, as you know, probably better than most. Uh, I want to get our soldiers out. I want to bring our soldiers back home. We have right now 32,000 soldiers in South Korea. And I'd like to be able to bring them back home, but that's not part of the equation right now. At some point, I hope it will be, but not right now. Here's another question from the press conference. The man you met today, Kim Jong-un, as you know, has killed family members, has starved his own people, is responsible for the death of Otto Warmbier. Why are you so comfortable calling him very talented? Well, he is very talented. Anybody that takes over a situation like he did at 26 years of age and is able to run it and run it tough. I don't say he was nice or I don't say anything about it. He ran it. Very few people at that age. You can take one out of 10,000 probably couldn't do it. Otto Warmbier is a very special person and he will be for a long time in my life. His parents are good friends of mine. I think without Otto, this would not have happened. Something happened from that day. It was a terrible thing. It was brutal. But a lot of people started to focus on what was going on, including North Korea. I really think that Otto is someone who did not die in vain. I told this to his parents. Special young man. And, and I have to say, special parents, special people Otto did not die in vain he had a lot to do with us being here today and I think uh, as well you have all the all the military uh, missile tests going on and the and the tension getting higher and higher and then they send Otto warm beer home and we see the condition of what they did to one of our guys and say hey, you know what you're done man there's not going to be any more diplomacy because we see we see that you guys you guys aren't human you guys are, are animals and you guys need to be dealt with. Um, you guys are either going to uh, come out of the ether that you think you can continue to to, uh, to behave like this or you're going to deal with our military and it's not going to be pretty. And, of course, everyone wants to know what the president said to Kim Jong-un about his uh, treatment of his own people. A lot of pundits are questioning whether it was even discussed. I guess they missed this part of the uh, where the president said this. What do you, President Trump, expect Kim Jong-un to do about the human rights record regarding the North Korean people? Right. Uh, it was discussed. It was discussed relatively briefly compared to denuclearization. Well, obviously, that's where we started and where we ended. But uh, they will be doing things. And uh, 
I think he wants to do things. I think he wants to. You'd be very surprised. Uh, very smart, very good negotiator. Wants to do the right thing. You know, he brought up the fact that in the past they took dialogue far. They never went. They never were like we are. There's never been anything like what's taken place now. But they went down the line. Billions of dollars was gi were given, and you know, the following day, the nuclear program continued. But this is a much different time, and this is a much different president. In all fairness, this is very important to me. Yeah, and uh, I have to, I have to ask. Hey, uh, what did Obama ask Raul Castro, other than where's our where's our seats for the baseball game, uh, when they decided to open up trade and open up tourism with Cuba and about the way they treat their people? Because that's why we that's why we said uh, that we don't do business with Cuba for all the, for those fifty years is because how they treat their people and nothing has changed over there. So anyway, uh, there's a lot more to talk about this, and we will be right back after five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, sports, commercials. And whatever else we can fit in five minutes, I'll be right back with part two. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local mortgage direct lender. Uh, you know, I don't talk about real estate and financing too much on the radio because you guys think it's boring. You want to talk about what's happening. And, uh, quite frankly, you know what the, you know what, uh, what I sell that all the other mortgage people, uh, don't sell, uh, nothing. Um, we all sell the same products. We all have the same, uh, same, basically the same rates. We all get our money the same place. The only difference is service and who will deal straight with you. And I know that sometimes loan people are considered, uh, like, uh, used car salespeople. So you want to deal with someone who you know will will play straight with you, and uh, and steer you in the right direction for you, not what's the right direction for me. Um, if you need if you need financing, if you want to uh, refinance your house, you want to get one of them reverse mortgage things. If you want to uh, if you want to buy something new, uh, if you want to just kind of throw some ideas around and see what I think. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to the website, WCC Loans. Go to the Loan Center and apply now. Give us some information and we'll get back to you. Um, here's a here's a little tidbit of uh, of uh, information. You guys are, with the way, uh, on as far as loans go, uh, with everything that's going on with paperless and all this stuff, you get your, your paychecks, direct deposit, your bank statements get emailed to you. Uh, don't forget when you move... When you move, change your address. Change your address on your bank account. Change your address on your pay stubs. Tell your employer because it, it brings up a big a big red flag. Say, hey, this guy lives over here in Corona, but his pay stubs say he lives in Fullerton. And uh, his bank statements say he lives at his mom's house in Los Angeles. And uh, so they started asking all kinds of questions there. So, uh, so just keep that in mind when you when you make an address change or anything like that. There's your there's your mortgage tip for the week. So anyway, we've been talking about all the great stuff that's been going on that Trump's been uh, being a being our president this this uh, this week, and um, things are to me I I feel proud. 
I feel proud. Uh, some some of uh, you Democrats out there can't see past the end of your nose or the fact that, hey, you know, Trump's got a funny comb over and I just don't like the guy. So I'm just not a fan. You know, he's not qualified because he, he doesn't talk pretty like Obama did. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that uh, I've heard. I've heard it from I've heard it from everyone of recent say, hey, you know what? He's just not qualified. I'm not a fan. I voted for him, but I'm just not a fan. And uh, and he's just not qualified. I said, well, hey, guess what? You're wrong. Well, you can't just tell me I'm wrong. Okay, I should have said, hey, you know what? Uh, when you should have said, when you said, hey, uh, he's just not qualified. I would should have said, all evidence to the contrary. And uh, because we got a businessman in there, and he doesn't feel like he's doing a, uh, things the way a president would, but he's doing what he needs to do, what a president should. So I'm I'm excited about that. So. Uh, uh, so as we're as we're as we're thinking, hey, this guy did some great things. Here's some of the media reaction to the summit uh, after it was over. It's not as if other presidents couldn't have done this. It's that they didn't want to. The spectacle of seeing the American flags along with the DPRK flags as the backdrop for that handshake is really jarring, actually, to to see, to witness. In fact, I would say it's somewhat disgusting. It is actually a debasement of of the American flag. It is not knowable that we'll ever know. What really happened what happened in that meeting because both men are known and established liars yeah both men are known and established liars just like all you on PSN, PMS, NBC, and all you guys on CNN you're all known and established caught in your lies and you are calling you are the pots calling the kettle black you know what uh, Trump is trying to tell you how you like it and try to be uh, as unsugar-coated as he can you know uh, there he said hey you know what um how did he put it? Uh, how did the guy at the beginning of that clip put it? You know, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman told uh, said, you know, because Dennis Rodman been going over there talking to uh, Kim Jong Un. For what reason? I have no damn clue. But uh, but he said he tried to tell Obama that that uh, Kim Jong Un was ready to talk five years ago, and he just got schluffed off. Of course, Obama wasn't really concerned with anything except for Obama. So uh, so Rodman's over there. Uh, cheering Trump wearing a Make America Great uh, hat. And uh, not that I have any great um, respect for Dennis Rodman. I'm just saying, because I think Obama did, but he didn't give him the time of day. Friday morning, the president gave an impromptu interview on Fox's uh, Fox and Friends, Steve Ducey, uh, on the South Lawn, as I as I uh, said a few minutes ago, um, or in the first half. But here, here's a little piece of it. I take heat, but uh, what am I supposed to do? Walk out and say, terrible? I mean, I, I got along with him very well. We have good chemistry. I asked him, the remains, I'd like mm-hmm. to get them. Right. He said, yes, we will do that. They are already starting to produce the remains of these mm-hmm. great young soldiers who were left right. in North Korea. We're getting the remains, the, and nobody thought that was possible. The way you have described things, it sounds like you feel that he's on the road to denuclearize. Oh, absolutely. So it's what, in the agreement. It says he will denuclearize. Right. I you know, know it's, it's, funny when you see, kind of when it's funny when you see the fake news, because and you guys aren't fake, but I signed an agreement where we get everything, everything, but they say Trump lost because he agreed to meet. Trump agreed got to meet. Got the picture. Meet. No, it's a funny thing. you got to watch a CNN. I mean, what what a fraud it is. Go, they go. They're listening. They're right behind you that's, right now. That's fine. Trump, you hear me? Trump agreed to meet. I say, I agreed to meet. Of course you got to agree right. to meet. If you don't agree to meet, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have nuclear war. That's what you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, people start thinking, hey, yeah, this guy's going to get us in a nuclear war. I played some clips last week of them saying that. Hey, guess what? He's the only one that had the had the balls to do it. Uh, had the guts. 
to do it, uh, to go talk to this guy and, uh, and get this stuff ironed out. Okay. I mean, there, he had, a, he had two choices, talk or bomb and happily against, against the uh, critics predictions. He, uh, he did it. He did his job. And I think he did a great job. So let's talk about the other big, uh, the next big thing that happened this week, uh, on Thursday, which was, uh, president Trump's, uh, birthday, uh, the, uh, the inspector general's report. Now this inspector general report is report on whether or not the FBI did their, uh, did their investigation of Hillary Clinton's, uh, private email server, Per per how it should have been done per, per, uh, per FBI protocol, and it wasn't it wasn't another report on Hillary Clinton's email. It was a report on the investigation of Hillary Clinton's email. Hey, what happened here? What what was going on? Was there collusion? Was there uh, was there uh, conflicts of interest? Was there this? Was there that? This report's been been bouncing around uh, within the FBI for about a month while they try to figure out who's going to look bad. And who knows? Who knows what they what they took out of it? Um, but they told us last week it was going to be released on Thursday. It was released on Thursday. All week we waited for the release of the Inspector General's report, uh, General's report on its investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails. So far, here's what the revelations are. Number one, James Comey was insubordinate by calling that press conference in Ju- July 2016 to announce that Hillary Clinton was extremely careless, but not but would not be criminally charged. After, and of course, extremely careless is another word for gross negligence and uh, extreme carelessness. Of course, gross negligence is a, is a is a uh, is against the law. That would be a crime, but extreme carelessness apparently was not. Um, after viewing 1.2 million documents and interviewing over 100 witnesses, the inspector general wrote in the report. Quote, it was extraordinary and insubordinate for Comey to conceal his intentions from his superiors, the attorney general and the deputy attorney general, for the admitted purpose of preventing them from telling him not to make the statement and to instruct his subordinates at the FBI to do the same. By departing so clearly and dramatically from the FBI and department norms, the decisions negatively impacted the perception of the FBI and the department as a fair administrator of justice. Okay, number two. There were foreign actors, a.k.a. Russia, who got access to emails between Hillary Clinton's staff via her unsecured server. Okay? That revelation isn't, isn't for you Democrats that are listening. Hey, see? They proved the Russians were, were influencing. That doesn't say the Russians influenced the election. doesn't say that the Russians were colluding with Trump. It says that foreign actors got access to the emails between Hillary Clinton's staff and her unsecured server. Okay? That means... That uh, compromised the security of our nation by her being on an unsecure server. Um, let's see here. Number three, there is a newly discovered and very damning text between FBI employees Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, who, as you know, are believed to be part of the FBI's efforts to thwart Trump's campaign. The text is from August 8, 2016. Lisa Page sends, sends Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? And Peter Strzok says, no. No, he won't. We'll stop it. You know, it's funny that they found the ones where they said, hey, we need a security, uh, we need a, uh, what's the word, an insurance policy uh, just in case. Uh, They found those, but they didn't find this one. This one I think is more damning because I think it's, nope, we're going to stop him from being president. Ah, 
Furthermore, excuse me, furthermore, Strzok was tasked with analyzing thousands of emails from Anthony Weiner's computer. So remember, remember, they even after uh, July fifth uh, or sixth, when when uh, Comey came out and said, "Well, no reasonable prosecutor would have would have uh, filed charges on this," and we're all going, "You just laid out the whole case. Why wouldn't they?" Uh, clearly, she broke the law. I mean, she is an American, right? Americans have to abide American laws. Uh, or is there a separate set of laws for Clintons? Apparently so. Um, so then they then after going after they're going after Anthony Weiner's uh, uh, laptop for issues that he was uh, sexting, um, and Anthony Weiner being Uma Abedin's husband, Uma Abedin being Hillary Clinton's personal assistant. Um, so when they found his computer, they found all these emails that. Uma Abedin had forwarded to him so she, he could print them, but there was classified stuff there. And uh, so uh, Strzok was tasked with analyzing all those thousands of emails, yet he prioritized the investigation in the Trump campaign over those Clinton emails. So remember, this was right before, this was October. This is right before the election. Hey, here's uh, thousands of emails that we found on, on uh, from Uma Abedin to Anthony Weiner on this unsecured laptop that doesn't even belong to the government. Um, you need to to uh, to investigate this and analyze them, and instead he's 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 putting priority on on uh, doing this stuff against the Trump campaign so he wouldn't win. I don't know. Yet he prioritized the investigation into the Trump campaign over those emails, over the Clinton emails, and the Inspector General says that the decision was most likely not free from bias. Uh, I don't know. It seems uh, seems kind of uh, not free from bias to me too. Then uh, Trey Gowdy said this. Just what a dark day it is for the FBI and the DOJ, two institutions our country desperately needs. We desperately have to be able to have confidence in them. And this level of bias and animus, uh, not only did he want to stop the Trump campaign, he wanted to stop the Trump presidency. This is an FBI. Peter Strzok, Strzok, the the FBI agent who was on Hillary Clinton's investigation and arguably the lead Russia investigator, not only wanted to stop his campaign, but once he won, got on the Mueller probe because he wanted to impeach him. That is a level of animus and bias that that everyone should reject. And uh, you know, it's a shame we're losing a guy like Trey Gowdy to uh, to uh, he's not running for re-election. I hope uh, Trump uh, does what's right and asks uh, Jeff Sessions to uh, to resign and put Trey Gowdy in there as the uh, Attorney General uh, before the end of the year. That would be the only because I think we have an attorney general that has a lack of uh, lack of stones and uh, that needed for that job to uh, to do it right. Um, okay, so then the next thing we learned was uh, um, Obama lied. Hard to believe that Obama lied, but there's a uh, there's a an in, there's a a part on page eighty nine. Uh, says on the footnote of page 89, FBI analyst and prosecutor too told us that former President Barack Obama was one of 13 individuals with, with whom Clinton had direct contact using her Clinton email account. The report says in the footnote on page 89, Obama, like other high-level government officials, used a pseudonym, means that's a phony name, uh, for his username on his official government email. So when he's uh, talking with, uh, with Clinton on her uh, unsecured, uh, it wouldn't be very obvious that she's talking to the president. Uh, but, you know, then that we go back to, uh, based on that, we go back to an interview that uh, 
Barack Hussein Obama had on 60 Minutes um, several months earlier when he said, Mr. President, when did you first learn that Hillary Clinton used an email system outside the U.S. government for uh, official business while she was Secretary of State? Uh, at the same time, uh, everybody else learned it through news reports. Lies, lies, lies. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Obama doesn't lie, only Trump lies. No, I think this is... You know, I'm I'm excited that this may uh, roll all the way up to... Uh, the former president who uh, did as much to, as he could to uh, turn the clocks back on our uh, on our uh, history. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other night about, uh, um, well, how did Obama turn the clocks back? I said, well, he turned the clocks back on race relations. I said, you know what? When he got elected in 2008, when he got inaugurated in 2009, his he was elected by white people and black people. He should have gone up and said, hey, I'm the first black man in the White House. That proves there's nothing that race will keep you from in this country. So let's stop holding that. Let's stop pointing to the color of our skin and let's start being all we can be. He should have brought everybody together. It should have been an inspirational thing instead of, nope, I'm here now. We're going to get some payback. So uh, the chip on the shoulder. So, hey, you don't want to know how Obama turned the clocks back 50 years on uh, labor re- on uh, race relations? Because that's what he did. He destroyed everything that's been done since. Um, so let's see here. The report also states that text messages. Okay, so here's here's the um, one question that I had is why are uh, why are the why are Struck and Page still em- employed? The report states that text messages between three other FBI employees included uh, statements of hostility towards then candidate Trump and statements of support for candidate Clinton. One of those people was FBI attorney who later went to work on the Russian investigation under Robert Mueller. Is that a coincidence? I bet it isn't. The inspector general says Strzok, Page, and three unnamed employees brought discredit to themselves and hurt the Bureau's reputation. My question is, why are these people still employed? The president commented on the South Lawn this morning, uh, or this morning on Friday morning, in regards to that. Well, if you look at what happened, and don't forget all of these people like Strzok, what he did was criminal. Mm. Strzok and so many others, McCabe is you now You mean up. the bias, the animus? Well, they all worked for Comey, and Comey knew everything that was going on. You think McCabe didn't tell him everything? McCabe told him everything, and McCabe is up for criminal right now. And now he's and suing the Department of Justice. And he's now suing, and it's a total mess. They're all going against each other. No, I, th- I think Comey was the ringleader of this whole, you know, den of thieves. Mm-hmm. It was a den of thieves. Or- Yep, and um, if you watched, if you watched what the uh, what the Democrat said, the the report was released sometime early afternoon our time uh, yesterday, and before you could probably before you could actually probably have time to read this thing was like five hundred and fifty six pages, five hundred and sixty eight, five hundred and eighty nine. I don't know, it was five hundred and some odd pages. Before you had a chance to probably read ten pages. Um, you had a, a gang of of, uh, of uh, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and a and a half a dozen other select uh, uh, Dumbocrats um, that went in front of the mic and said they didn't find anything. This was a complete exoneration of of the FBI. They did everything by the book. Blah blah blah. Well, that's not that's not the case. And I'm sure you can find this whole big uh, this whole big document on the internet and read it for yourself and say. hey, don't take anybody's, but you know what? The Democrats know that this is a, uh, 
this is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a you know a quick a quick flash um, world now. All you got to do is hear somebody say it. Hey, look, I heard I heard this guy say there's everybody's exonerated. Nothing, they didn't find anything wrong. Well, that's not the case, but that's somebody said it on TV, so it must be true. I saw somebody put it on Facebook. It must be true. I saw somebody tweet it. It must be true. Okay, use your own brains, everybody. Check this stuff out for yourself and just say, hmm, what's, what seems logical to me? Um, next thing they talked about, uh, Obama's attorney general, Loretta Lynch, showed bad judgment by allowing Bill Clinton to come onto her plane at the Phoenix tarmac in June of 2016, just a couple of weeks before uh, Comey, uh, just a couple of weeks before Comey made his uh, his speech exonerating uh, uh, Hillary, and which was actually which was actually a month after he started her exoneration uh, uh, letter on his computer before he'd ever talked to any witnesses. Um, the report says Lynch's failure to recognize the appearance problem created by former President Clinton's visit and to take action to cut the visit short was an error in judgment. Okay, that's putting it lightly. So uh, there we go. I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll hear more because I'm recording Friday morning, so it got released I don't know 18 hours ago. So I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, engaged as much as anybody can be. Um, short of reading 500 and some odd pages, uh, cause I still, uh, have a life as well. So anyway, so we'll see, I'm sure there'll be more coming out of this in the next week. So we'll talk more about it next week. Um, new reports on the outside income of Trump's daughter. So, you know, to me, I say, Hey, here's uh here's these Dumbocrats trying to divert attention away from the inspector general's, uh, report away from, uh, the, the Trump hitting a hitting a home run in Korea away from Trump being strong and firm at the G7 and uh and standing up for our trade and even though that some of my even though my sister and some of her some of her dumb uh fellow thinkers uh think that was embarrassing hey fair it's fair you know what so uh so the the dumbocrats are trying to uh trying to divert attention to all that. So new reports in the outside income of Trump's daughter and son-in-law, Ivanka and uh, Jared Kushner, are prompting Democrats to go back to the playbook on targeting the president's family. According to the financial disclosure forms released this week, Ivanka Trump and her husband Jared Kushner brought in at least $82 million in outside income while serving as senior White House advisors during 2017. Okay, Ivanka earned $3.9 million for her stake in the Trump International Hotel in Washington, Excuse me, and more than two million in severance from the Trump Organization. Kushner reported over five million in income from Quail Ridge, an apartment complex from his company acquired last year in Plainsboro, New Jersey. From the Washington Post, both Kushner and Trump have given up daily oversight of their companies as they work as unpaid senior advisors to the president. But while Kushner divested some holdings, he and his wife have maintained large stakes in businesses with domestic and foreign ties. So. What's the problem? Is that is that a problem? Hey, hey! Just because I, I own uh, I own ten houses in California and Arizona, I own ten ten uh, houses. If I happen to run for politics, do I have to give those back to somebody? I don't get to have those houses if I'm not going to live there. If I decide to rent them, I don't get to to take income for the houses that I own. I don't understand where this is coming from. Other than just a diversion, one congressman says if Democrats win the midterms and take back the House in November, he'll personally launch an investigation on Jared and Ivanka. Who is it? Surprise, people in Burbank. 
It's Adam Schiff. In this case, the first family, which has an important policy role in the administration, has not divested, not fully. And with the first family unwilling to divest, we are left questioning whether the policy is driven by their financial interests and not the interests of our country. One of the issues we have now is with the Republican majority in Congress unwilling to do any oversight of this, we simply don't know whether the foreign policy of the United States is up for sale. Yeah, well, if you're so damn uh, concerned with that, how come? How do we? What? How did? How did the Trumps get? Or the Clintons get from negative sixteen million dollars in uh, in debt from being sixteen million dollars in debt to being a couple hundred million dollars when uh, all she did was serve as our Secretary of State, serve as a senator, and uh, Bill Clinton just did some speeches and ran a nonprofit. I don't know how these people get so damn rich. When they, what's going on there? How did Maxine Waters become a, a gazillionaire? Maxine Waters uh, has been working at a, in uh, as a congressman for like uh, I don't know thirty or forty years in in uh, the South Bay, uh, Gardena, Lawndale, out there. Uh, her most valuable asset, a home uh, valued between one and five million dollars in Windsor Square neighborhood of uh, Los Angeles near Hancock Park. Um, Los Angeles County Assessor records value the property at two point four. Um, it's probably worth double that. Um, her husband also had a number of investments and collected pension from National Football League. So how did how did they get to be gazillionaires just being Congress people? You don't make that much money. And uh, and then next the uh, next you have have uh, the Trump Foundation. The Trump Foundation is being uh, gone after by the New York Attorney General. Um, uh, Thursday, the New York State Attorney's Office filed a lawsuit against Donald J. Trump Foundation, seeks to dissolve the foundation and bar President Trump and his three oldest children from having serving on a nonprofit. Of course, we find out find out now that they actually gave more to charity. Uh, they don- donated over $19 million to worthy charitable causes, more than it ev- ever even received. Um, and nobody gets paid at the Trump Foundation. Reminds me of my own uh, 501c3 WCC charities. Every dollar that comes in, we pass it on to veterans and very other various other stuff that we uh, support. And uh, you know what? There's lots more to talk about, folks, but there's lot not any more time until next week. So uh, thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.